This week on The Wise Guys. Yeah. <laughs> and what I'm saying, and when I, and I right. say there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with, you know, the way people talk. But it's not it's not so much the speech as much as it is the affect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and, it's, mm-hmm. and how they carry the conversation and how they act, and, you know. And it's almost like, well, you know, I play this sport. I'm good at it. I don't need to worry about that. When right. basic communication and a level of understanding and how you carry yourself is your your basketball when you're when somebody points a camera at you and more than one person can see it, you should always be looking to under to to have your brand, which is yourself, whatever your name mm-hmm. is, whoever you yep. are, at the highest level. Yep. That's yep, in speech, yep, yep. that's in communication, that's in how Absolutely. you look, how you dress. There should be an explanation. Well, what you exude is what people are going to remember. So okay, it's like, I, I think, and there's, there's and NBA does a great Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys Podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. I got my questions ready. All right, good. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's the man, Kevin Unglad, and we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with another edition of the Wise Guys Podcast. Another special one with this being the final season of the Wise of the Wise Guys Podcast, as we're doing IG lives and we're converting them to audio for the special format this season. Uh, so again, I am your host, Kevin Unglad. Glad to have you all back. And today we continue this season, season four. Uh, and the in the in the videos and as well as the audio format that we're having in terms of dialogue and panel like discussions um, in terms of the season and its theme called for the culture. All right. So I kind of want to get right into it, wise community. Today we're bringing back on a very 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 special guest. Uh, my brother here has been rocking out uh, with me and and my, and my brother Mark. Uh, you know, for the first you know three seasons of the Wise Guys uh, podcast, you caught him on season one. All right. When we're talking about uh, sports and athletes in season two, when we're talking about mental health and the, you know, uh, POC community. Right. So for this episode, we're actually going to take it back a little bit to what we talked about the first time around, which is sports, athletics, and as well as being a student and being, you know, within the game of life and trying to navigate through that as a youth. All right. So without further ado, please, 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 wise community, welcome back on my good friend, my dear brother, John McLeod. Mr. John McLeod, how you doing, bro? I'm so happy to have you on the platform again. Just so happy to have you here. Appreciate you, man. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege every time, you know, we link up to have a conversation with you, with, with you man. It's always, a, always an honor and a privilege, man. I appreciate you having me. Of course, of course. Most certainly. Before we dive in, though, I didn't get a chance to ask you this before we started. How's the family? How's the kids? How's your godson? How's everybody doing? Everybody, everything is healthy, man. And I thank God for it. Everybody is is pushing along, getting older, getting stronger and wiser, um, which is all that we can ask God for. It's an absolute blessing that I never, ever take for granted. Sometimes you forget to acknowledge it, or you forget to, uh, you know, to, to give it some attention, um, but yeah, uh, but never, never for too long. Life doesn't, life should never get you that busy that you forget to, uh, you know, look at the little things, the things that are important, and family is one of them. So appreciate you asking, man. Of course, of course, man. You know, you're my guy. You know what I'm saying? You're my people's. Uh, 
So again, so, so happy to have you here today. You know, John, if it's cool with you, I kind of want to dive right into it. We got like three questions and I just kind of want to because I know you've got some stuff to talk about and I know you're going to talk your talk, all right? <laughs> so with that being said, brother, again, so this week's episode, Wise Community, this week's special episode for, again, this very special season, this being the final season of The Wise Guys, all right? It's called The League, The Lottery, or Bust, all right? So again, it's called The League, The Lottery, or Bust, all right? So my brother, uh, John McLeod, you know, being that, you know, I'm now, you know, beginning to embark upon this new chapter and this new journey, um, you know, of my life uh, at Temple University. Um, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, one uh, specific thing that has really moved me and which I plan to make the focal point of my research uh, while I'm down here in Philly for the next couple of years is um, sports, politics and culture within sports. Right. And how sports and politics um, is interwoven, right, or how it intersects with youth as they age and grow to become young men who look to a life of sports as a way out within the Black community, right? And, you know, obviously I talked to you before about $40 million slaves and how important and how paramount that book, that book was to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and as well, just learning about it and, you know, just your mentor, uh, Mr. Uh, William Roden. So I wanted to ask this first question to you, and I, I wanted to see how you were going to tackle this, okay? And then we can just start from there. The first question, my brother, is... Within the black community, are we unfairly, all right, check this out, within the black community, are we unfairly projecting sports onto our children? Is this focus hindering the growth as well as overall potential capabilities of our youth? So I'll ask the question again to let it marinate, all right? Within the black community, are we unfairly projecting sports onto our children? Is this focus hindering the growth as well as overall potential capabilities of our youth? What do you think, John? Are we unfairly projecting sports onto our youth? I'll go there first. Um, I think the evolution of opportunity in sports um, is something that has garnered a lot of attention over the years. Um, sports is now seen as a possible career. Uh, the thing that's um, interesting with with that is there there are obviously some parents who definitely do that. Um, who 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 say that their child is pretty good at a sport and then push them to be there or or the parent that is overbearing with you know, with a dream that it's a possibility the potential of a dream and because they didn't make it they push their kids there is definitely that but do i think that we do this unfairly i think what i've seen is uh I've seen children gravitate towards their sport and then their sport opens up, opens up doors for them. Now there in that though, it is the notion that a sport, for example, the most like one of the most iconic sports basketball is seen as a way out for for children in the black community. So now when we die, let's dive into that is the fact that it's a way out and I think it has been sensationalized a lot, but we need to educate our kids that bouncing or, bouncing or throwing or hitting a ball isn't the only way out. And I think mm -hmm. when you're in, if it's not the black community or, or you know, other POC communities, there, there, is, there, there is a lack of understanding of possibilities. Like, for example... And I think that is largely due to the due in fact to the schooling system, the way the schooling system is set up. Um, right. 
sports programs are glorified, are funded to the max, and it's it's important. However, even if if we take away if we if we go away from sports for a second, because there's always been sports in school, and we go into the curriculum and education that kids are getting, I learned way more. I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. I learned way more out of, when I left school than I ever did in school. You know what school right. taught me? School taught well, me how to deal with people. School taught me how to manage personalities. Mm-hmm. School didn't t- teach me how to do what I do at my job now. School didn't, school didn't teach me that. And one of the things that we lack in the in, in community now is a legit understanding of career trajectory. Right. especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. And when I say legit understanding, as in, okay, here are the skills. Here's what you can do with yourself. You can be a lawyer. You can be a doctor. Yeah, that's cool. You can be, you can be an athlete. That's also cool. But what about being, you know, being a real estate agent? What about being mm-hmm. an investor? What about being a business owner? What about being a, an attorney, a tax attorney? What about... What, there's so many different levels of things. I didn't learn about real estate until I left college. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. Le- I didn't. I didn't learn that that 85, eight, like, I probably. I think it's 75 per 75 to 85 percent of millionaires in America are because because of real estate. I didn't. I didn't understand on what ownership looked like, intellectual property. I didn't understand how to to take an idea that I had own the idea legally and then also make a living and then reproduce that idea that I had and possibly, you know, make a living or get some return for it. Mm -hmm. Because why? There's other things that are glorified over that. Mm. The reality is what? When you get to a certain point and you get out of college, you're going to choose a profession that is closer to the things I just named than being an athlete. But but why does it happen that way? It happens that way because the, we start off, kids start off playing sports or in a specific area, and they're like, this is what I want to do. You know, when we were kids, everybody mm-hmm. thought they was going to the league when we were kids. Facts. So we all thought we were going to the league. Yeah, yeah. And when, when it didn't happen and we didn't have a plan B or, or you know, some people went further than others, so we got the understanding early. Like, okay, maybe it's not going to work out. I, I better figure something else out. But for those kids that went further, I played in high school. Then they got enough. Somebody saw them in college. They might have played D three. They might have played something else. And then they realize in college, like, okay, this is I'm not going to the league. Mm-hmm. Then what? Then it's like, well, all I know is basketball. So I guess I'm going to be a basketball coach mm-hmm. or all I know is fitness. I'm going to be a personal trainer or something in that realm. Right. When the possibilities are way wider than everybody understands. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and like to, to put it together, like we don't take advantage of it, but we don't do anything to reverse the, the conversation either. Right. So that's, that's the issue I have. It's, it's either, hey, play ball, or if you don't play ball, then don't play ball. Yeah. Not, hey, you can play ball, but there's also this. 
You can right. actually make athletic money doing this. Right, right. Like, like wait, I, yeah, wait, I can make money just like, you know, maybe not James Harden money right out the gate. Right. But you work over time and, and you got money that's going to last you way longer without that much tax on your body. You talk about real estate. You talking about owning intellectual property. You talking about licensing things. You talking about licensing. I, I speak. To, I speak to the youth all the time, and one of the things I teach them is, "What are you?" I ask them a question. What are you good at? Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Oh, I'm good at basketball." I'm, oh, I'm good. And one kid said, "You know, I'm good at drawing stuff. I'm really good at that." I said, "How much money do you think somebody that can draw can make?" And one of the kids was like, uh, "I don't know, like a couple hundred dollars." And I was like, what if I told you to add three zeros to that? They're like, it's talking about like $100,000? And I was like, yeah, what if I told you that? But what, do you, what would you be drawing? I said, what if I told you somebody would pay you $10,000 to draw a logo that's this big? Mm -hmm. And then, they, then they're like, that's it? Now the <laughs> possibilities, yeah, now the possibilities are peaked. Right. Somebody just blessed them, put them on game. Like you actually, you don't have to. You actually don't have to, you know, be good at dribbling the ball. Everybody right. in New York was dribbling the rock. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, but why we were doing it because we watched NBA, we watched our favorite players, and we're like, man, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But was was who? But. Who educate who who is the who when are we gonna educate them on on the other possibilities? On a Absolutely. regular basis. Not right. on the rare cases, on a reg not that uncle that says, Look, yo, forget that ball. Let me show you something. Right. Not that not that not just just, you know, Uncle Rich that just told you like, yo, this is how it is. Right. Or your pops or your mom. Like, when do we when do we make that a reality and we make that a stereotype? Educating. <laughs> Very educating true. the people, our families, and the people of color of, of how to spit spit game to our kids, when yeah, basketball true. is not is not the only thing to do. When do we you start know, doing that? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, you know, I'll never I'll never forget. You know, and again, thank you for it. You know, I'll never forget the day. You know, for career day when you came up to my school up in Hartford. You know, three years ago, and you know, um, you you gave a presentation. You know, to my kids, and like you told me before, you said it on on the podcast the first time around. You know, you stopped midway through and like, all right, you know what? Let me just be real, child. You know, like, and you were just talking about the process of like athletes, such as you know, um, you know, you know, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant, and people like that. Like, how hard do you think he works? If I told, what if I told you he got up in the morning to train around four or five a.m., then he went back at it again at twelve, then he went back at it again at six, and then nine? How would you feel about that? You know. What amount of time you think goes into that? And you're like, dang, like, I never really thought about it that, that way. I just thought about, you know, just playing and, you know, running up and down the court, you know, with my friends or whatever, whatnot, and calling it a day. And then you're like, yeah, that, you know, that, that makes sense. But what if I told you this is the amount of work that goes into the regimen to being not only a successful athlete, but a prominent and as well as outstanding overall one, one who is not just their names are in the bright lights, but they're also, you know, contributing to the, the 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 franchise you know in terms of championships and high caliber level of play and i remember you saying on the podcast like that kind of just blew the mind of the kids like they didn't even think that far you know they didn't even really think that far to know the kind of work that goes into it and even now i find myself at the age of 30 now reflecting and looking back and sometimes just finding myself laughing like dang man I never would have been able to play basketball at that level because one, my parents weren't putting, you know, putting money behind it for me. 
Two, I wasn't playing AAU. Three, I didn't have a personal trainer or a coach. I didn't have any of those resources, nor neither was I given any of the resources or the tools. Neither would I at age 12, 13, when I was watching Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, would have had the drive to go out there to actually execute any of those things to prepare myself. So I find that very interesting, man. Seriously. No, like real talk, uh, that you just spit nothing but facts because you realize the kids that that took it super serious, they they played they they played more. Well, we made other decisions. They made decisions around their life in basketball, right? And then and then when they went to different levels, it's the level of commitment. I always tell that Kobe that Kobe story because. I took the Kobe story and realized it wasn't going to be with basketball and I applied it to my life. Mm, I like that. Can I, I expound? I would, I would love to hear you go more into it. So, so what I mean is I took the Kobe mentality. So I would get up to get better. When I left, I wasn't, to be truth be told, I wasn't that good at, at my, like, at, uh, being a video producer when I was in grad school. or I was okay because I was okay in undergrad and I was, you know, I was decent in grad school. wasn't the greatest, um, mm-hmm. and it's because I was trying to give everybody else what I, what they what I thought they wanted, so I can get out. But that wasn't the real experience. The experience, the experience was finding my own voice and how to do it. So when I left grad school and I had to find a job that would allow me to actually use what my degree was, I realized like. I need to be better than everyone else. I mm. need to know. Stephen A. said this thing years ago that I'll never forget. He said, mm-hmm. if you don't know everything, you don't know anything. Mm. And when, I, when he said that, he said that to make sure you know everything about your craft and make sure you understand the ins and outs of it so that no, you can have a conversation with anyone about it and no one can ever question your ability to do it. And I took that same mentality and I took the Kobe regimen and mentality and I did it. I said, okay, mm. I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to do this. I'm going to study. I'm going to start, I'm going to start studying videography on every le- level. I'm going to go back to the basics and I'm going to go to the advanced. So I started to figure out, okay, how many different angles can I do in one, in, in one setting? Okay. I got close, wide, medium, cowboy, um, you know, extreme close up, wide shot, extreme wide shot. And I said, okay, I studied those things. When do those, when do those shots make sense in the documentary? Okay, establish a shot when you want to show an area, extreme wide shot, usually a drone shot nowadays. Okay, cool. Intensity. I want to show somebody something's about to happen. Extreme close up. Show people's mm, eyes. And like right. and, I, and I started studying. I started a couple hours, a couple hours I'll study in the morning. Cool. I go do whatever I need to do in the house. Go right back at it. Pick up my camera, go outside, shoot something. Okay, cool. I'm going to practice a wide shot on on this, you know, when you're in Brooklyn, New York, you see a whole bunch of, you know, rats and stuff. So I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm being real. Let's be real. Right, right, right. So it's like, all right, I'm going to go I'm gonna do a wide shot on, on whatever this rat, as close as I can get before he runs. <laughs> and I'm going right. to do a wide shot there. Then I'm going to get close up and go to the gutter and do a close up and see if I see it. And then what, then it came down to once I started to figure it out and I did this, did this time and then this time and then this time, three, four, Five times a day sometimes when I started getting into it. And I got to the point where I started watching TV differently. Mm. I started, it, hmm. my mother, my, my, my sisters would, would be like, you know, like, 
shut up. Like, you can't even watch. We can't even watch TV the way we were supposed to because I'm like, oh, close-up coming. Boom, and the close-up comes. And I'm like, mm. oh, oh, he, going, he better pull out because I don't, whatever, what other thing makes sense? And then when you start to, you start to figure out what, what makes sense for other people, and it's like, why would he do that? Why would this director do that? Why would this produce? You start asking questions. Now your training right. goes from your training goes from okay, I'm gonna study shots at this time, and then, and then I'm gonna come back a couple of hours later, and I'm gonna study study uh, camera movements. Then I'm gonna study how to put the story together, and then I'm gonna study editing. And you do that. You I don't even if it's not video, even if it's not you know that kind of thing. Whatever you're good at. And you get into it on that level of commitment. And you say, I'm going to do it for two, for, if, if it's one hour, four times a day. Mm -hmm. You do one hour, four times a day for 30 days and watch the level of whatever it is go beyond whatever you imagine. I took the same Kobe mentality and I started, and I started, work, I started working out. I started working out and say, look, I have this goal that I want to achieve. I'm going mm -hmm. to work out in the morning. Then I'm, I'm going to take a break and eat, and then I'm going to go do some, another kind of workout in the afternoon, take a break and do another kind of workout, then, and then go back at it again. When you apply consistency and discipline, it changes the whole thing. In life, Absolutely. period. So when I had the COVID mentality and I did that, I started having conversations on the level and started putting things together that people were just like, oh, actually, that makes sense. And I found my voice, and I found what I was good at. Right. The hardest thing for people to do nowadays with so many opportunities is to pick, is to make a decision. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and one of the problems with uh, the sports culture in, 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 in communities, like, you know, in black communities and people of communities of color, is that they see sports, children either see sports as something that they can do or something that mm -hmm. they can't. And if right. it's dominant, if they see something over and over and over and over, and it's something that they can do, they, they try to go in it and they go hard at it. And you choose whether you love it. When you love something and there's a discipline that, that is created. But Agreed. if they don't love it, do it for some time and then they give up on it. And then they try to figure out something else. But the, the possibilities are, aren't within their reach. People with the education to tell them the difference aren't within their reach. So now... Well, where I grew up, when the possibilities aren't there, so what are what is around? Drugs, guns, mm -hmm. gangs, mm -hmm. murder, death. Right, right. It's true. Prostitution at a young age. Mm -hmm. Lack of self worth. Mental health goes goes all the way down. Right. So when you see all that kind of things, and it's like, like man, like if they only knew that there was more out there. If they right. like, that's why I ask the kids the question. I ask people the question. Well, what are you good at? What 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 are you good at? Well, well, I'm I'm good. I'm good at talking. Okay, how's your voice? You could be a voiceover artist. Possibility that nobody even thought of. Right. Okay. It's true. You could be a podcaster. You like to talk. How long can you talk? What can you talk about? And how long can you talk about it? Right. But it's it's it, it it's not it's the, it's the discipline and commitment to what to figuring out what it is what it is you, it's true you can do and what you you know what you know what you want to do
Most certainly, most certainly. It's so it's so uh, interesting that you bring up those points because they actually follow and lead up to my next question, which is, um, are sports industries neglecting academics in favor of their businesses and sports economies? Furthermore, does the holistic development and needs of children get lost somewhere within that paradigm? So again, the question is, are sports industries neglecting academics in favor of their own businesses and sports economies? Furthermore, does the, does, the, does the holistic development right, and needs of the children get lost somewhere within that paradigm? What do you think? Yes, I think they are neglecting it because education doesn't bring them money. And the bottom mm. line, at, at the bottom line is... Um, while they're, ne- let me not say, let me, let me, let me revert. Let me back okay. up. Maybe mm-hmm. not neglecting, right? but just, they're not focused on it. And there's a difference. There okay. is, you, you will, Nike does believe in education. Mm-hmm. Companies mm-hmm. like ESPN, they do believe in education, right. but it cannot directly affect their bottom line the way that, uh, a fantastic athlete can affect their bottom line or what mm. they do best, which mm-hmm. is produ- Nike produce clothing uh, for, for athletes to wear when they do superhuman things. Right. So it's like, there, it's not a focus for them, but it's part of their, how we say, curriculum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a difference and people, we should, we need to understand and point that out because well, if we say neglect, that means that they know it's there, but we're ignoring it. Truth right. be told, they're not ignoring it. Just because it isn't a focus doesn't mean we're ignoring it. And I think in the wrong hands, people will 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 mis misinterpret that understanding. So that's why I, I backtracked and said, you know what? It's not neglect, in my opinion. It's more so. It's more so just not focused. Their focus is on their brand, which I I can res- I will respect that. Because you create a business, you create a business based on something that you have abundance of. If mm-hmm. I sell T-shirts, you know, and somebody comes to me and, and tells me, like, well, you know, well, your T-shirts, your T-shirts aren't doing anything to help or help your, your modeling is not doing anything to help the community. I will argue and say, well, my T-shirts clothe the community. I am good at making T-shirts. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. This is what we do. But now I will ask, and I think, um, and you have to remind me of the second part of the question. But before we mm-hmm. go there, I would mm-hmm. love to—I would love to get your opinion on what it is that these brands should be doing. Because before you answer, my opinion is this: mm-hmm. they, their business model from start to finish, from beginning, the time of inception of their business to this point in present day, has always. Right is evolved around the central idea of their brand. Right. Whatever that central idea was. Create product, mm-hmm. create, you know, you know, media, footage, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's always been around that idea. That's who they are. Can't knock them for it. But in what way would what in what way, based on the question, would you say they have an opportunity to shift it? That's a great question you bring up. <laughs> a very, very great question. Uh you know well, as you know, I'm, I'm sure, I know you're very privy to this information. As of recent, you know, the whole thing about, you know, athletes now starting to get paid in college because of, you know, the whole crazy discrepancy there's been for decades in terms of 
athletes not getting college athletes not getting paid and having their brand having their likenesses used for like the brands of like the NCAA like through like likenesses and video games and things of that nature or merchandise or whatever whatnot right so it's interesting you say that because I. I didn't really think about it before, but hearing what you were saying, I think what we can do, and this is me coming from the background of, uh, of, an, of an educator and a teacher, um, right? I think what, what, what we can possibly do in regards to what you're saying is, okay, athletes, cool. So, you know, we have come to terms that maybe our prior business model is a bit outdated. You know, right? We're in the 21st century. We're in 2021. Possibly our, you know, our business model is a bit outdated. And, you know, you're right. You have worked really hard over the past 50, 60, 80, whatever years it's been within the paradigm or the infrastructure of this system in terms of generating millions and billions of dollars for us, right, in order for us to feed our families and as well as, you know, keep this whole infrastructure thriving and, and sustaining itself. So how about this? Since this is what you want. And since, you know, in the past or prior, we've done it differently where you weren't really getting anything from us. Why don't we do this? Why don't we have this melange or this 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 blend of you getting sponsorship deals depending on your grades and how you're performing in the classroom? And all we're asking for you to, is to sustain a, a reasonable 2.0 or 2.5. Right. And then if you do that, in addition to however your productivity or your level on the court may be, you know, we can possibly distinguish how much you get paid through these sponsorships, through these deals, or through your playing time, or whatever, whatnot, right? So maybe uh, how I'm explaining it or how, how I am articulating it is a bit, too, a bit, uh, it could possibly be a, a bit too convoluted and too idealistic because I understand there's, 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 there's salary caps, there's, there's, there's money and, you know, money has to be spread throughout everything because let's for, not forget, these are still collegiate institutions. So they still got to pay the bursar and all these other things and get, you know, uh, a construction done and, on, and, and, and a myriad of these other things, right? Because those are very, very important. And we know that construction, construction and renovations are also billion dollar generators as well. But also, again, so athletes, players, if you work towards this goal of making sure that you put your education first, or if not first, just as high on the level as your productivity on the court and your dedication to the court, this is what we can possibly give you. I think that's fair, if anything. So that's, that's my thought. I, I, I know. I like that. And I love that because it gives the opportunity to open up the door uh, for athletes to be committed to their education. I would say I, I love that. And I would say this. My opinion is mm -hmm. this. One, they should they should be getting paid for mm -hmm. if you're using if you are using my image mm -hmm. and you're using the the my skill, people coming to watch me do what I do if I'm good at something and you're making right. billions of dollars. The only argument and your only argument is that you're going to school for free. That's that's incorrect for all athletes. Everybody's mm -hmm. not getting a free ride um, mm -hmm. straight through um, mm -hmm. and. I think it should be compensation because mm -hmm. when you work, it, you because my thing is compensation is based on you know how much you how much you play, how much you contribute. Okay, and then yep. retention of that compensation should be based mm. on your commitment to your education because mm. it is a mm -hmm. collegiate institution. So without I doubt, think, yeah, I think the, the, the I guess actually putting both of our ideas together in the sense where like hey. You want to make you want to make money. We like what's your playing time like? What's your points and average? What's like what awards are you bringing in that makes this make the makes the business the school look good? All right, cool. You can maintain these things based on your grades. Also, mm -hmm. okay, I am going to offer you. I think schools should do this. 
not just like not just like here here based on the classes i want to study this like opportunities to talk to business owners like mm -hmm. the nba like i i was going to bring up the nba because the nba does a fantastic thing where players can have conversations with execs and go through classes and training on on owning businesses becoming an exec mm -hmm. in, in the name why you see so many nba players are now gms they're they're now you know you know right. whatever execs in the different places and you may not hear their names anymore but when you go into the organizations they have a power, they have a place and there's mm -hmm. life after the court i think there mm -hmm. should be they should start that earlier and partner that with being able to being able to uh, uh, allow them to to make money off of their name and their ability i see my boy mm -hmm. q what up q q is in my boy my brother's always in his support and he said you know he what said, up, that's q? The what do you say what do you say he said that's the least they can do for these athletes for the amount of money that they make them i agree that, true, and that's what, true. And that's yeah. what me and Kevin saying it's because at the at the core the crux of it these athletes are out here without these athletes shooting the ball throwing the ball or catching it or whatever you don't make money you don't you don't sign rights deals the acc the all these different they, they don't sign rights right. deals mm -hmm. worth millions of dollars all these conferences if the athletes aren't as good don't commit and don't commit to playing if every athlete division 1 let's just take basketball for a second if okay. every athlete said i am not playing unless you pay me and they go on strike right before the the right before ba basketball season starts mm -hmm. and every single athlete across every school and all conferences do that it would cripple it would cripple the television industry right it would destroy it it would right. cripple the collegiate standards mm -hmm. so and and, and 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 what and where would that lead us and Q said it. That's a straight up power move because That's a power move, without yeah. but but again, how can people utilize their power if they don't know they have it? Right. Absolutely. What you, they're being fed that this is an opportunity for you. These right. these NBA players came from here. Right. And you have this is an opportunity that we want to give you a free ride. You don't have to worry about anything and you get the chance to go to the NBA when in fact, if I did if if every player decided to go play overseas, and nobody was going to college anymore. You know what that would do? You know what yeah. that would do? That would destroy. Shatter. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Finally shatter. They said, right. no, we're going to go. We're going to play. We're going to play for all these other countries instead and then go to the league. And it's interesting you say that, you know, because I think even the progressive stance that the NCAA is now undertaking with these athletes and how they're dealing with them uh, economically um, at this juncture or this point of sports uh, culture and, 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 and just sports overall is because you see a lot of these um, progressive uh, deals or these progressive, uh, uh, um, these progressive ideas that are happening, such as uh, um, Rich Paul, uh, a couple of years ago, getting Darius Baisley the Nike internship and having him intern at Nike, uh, I think after his sophomore year and then prior to the draft. So that way, you know, I think it was for like a, a one year deal working as an intern at Nike for a million dollars. And it's like, you know, I know that sent a lot of the 
uh, sports agents and as well as the NCAA to an outrage. Like, who does this guy think he is, you know, in that matter? But at the same time, I'm like, man, that's progressive. Like, this young guy has the ability to learn about the tricks and the trades at Nike, which is kind of what we, we've been talking about a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, in terms of um, learning the tricks of the trade, you know, learning how to be a professional outside of basketball. Maybe that's something he never got a chance to do in yep. college. And then also, too, just, you know, preparing for the draft on his own time, you know? Um, I just think that's really, really, really interesting. So It's progressive. Let's call it what it is. It's progressive. And the right. thing is, and it's tough to deal with stuff like that because progressive is not always welcomed because right. it messes with the status quo. It does. That, what, what Rich Paul did was open up, open up his understanding exponentially. Right. They're saying after basketball, there's yeah. this. Right. And, and, and there's also, let's, let's talk for a second. Um, about the fact about how athletes communicate with mem with professionals and members of the media, mm -hmm. and I say that because when I think about how, like, oh, okay, when you look at these different athletes and how they they conduct themselves, some athletes are phenomenal. And they're like, okay, th this guy knows what he's doing, or or she knows exactly how to have a conversation with another professional, and then others are just like. Talking like they're talking to somebody in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> and what I'm saying, and when I, and I'm right. saying, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you know the way people talk, but it's not. It's not so much the speech as much as it is the affect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and and it's, mm -hmm. and how they carry the conversation, how they act, and you know. And it's almost like, well, you know, I play this sport. I'm good at it. I don't need to worry about that. When right. basic communication. And a level of understanding and how you carry yourself is your your basketball when you're when if somebody points a camera at you and more than one person can see it, you should always be looking to under to to have your brand, which is yourself, whatever your name mm -hmm. is, whoever you yep. are, at the highest level. Yep, that's yep. in yep. speech, yep. that's in communication, that's in how Absolutely. you look, how you dress. There should be an explanation. Oh, and what you exude is what people are going to remember. So I it's like, I, I think, and there's, there's, and NBA does a great job in this in, in preparing their athletes, like, hey, what etiquette looks like. Here's a PR, how to work with your PR team, how to, how to be a company person. And I'm not talking, I'm not telling you to go out there and be, you know, a drone, a, a drone or anything like that, just corporate and just not speaking your mind. But there's ways to articulate and do things that, you know, that just can be way at a higher level, right? But again, it, it all it comes with it comes with training. It comes with understanding. I didn't learn the corporate world until I got here. Why? Because I just wasn't exposed to it. I just wasn't exposed to it. And and, and those with those with privilege and resources, you know, start their cubs from young and prepare them early. Fifteen, sixteen, yep. you know, yep. you know, they're they, they've they've got a you know they've got a summer internship or if it's not even an official internship because that might be too young. That's fifteen, sixteen, but you know they're still working at you know PWC with dad at fifteen, sixteen, just volunteering until he can actually do an internship at twenty one. You know, or working at Morgan Stanley. Um, as the junior executive financial analyst at 2021 while still attending Rutgers or Stanford University. So, yeah, I, 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 no, I agree. 100%. So, and, and then where does that, <laughs> where, where, let's, let's, let's track it back now. Let's, let's right. track it back to where, you look what you said. Like, those with privilege give, right. their, <laughs> give their offspring the opportunities. Those that aren't come from privilege 
what is their next what is their what is their opportunity now education and i'm not talking right. about in a school right right but nobody mm -hmm. they, but then here's the thing is we don't do it enough we don't go back in the community and say hey bro let me talk to you real quick what do you want to be with yourself what do you, with that or the old question what do you want to be when you grow up mm -hmm. and it's like we don't do it enough mm -hmm. we're so busy still trying to figure it out like there's mm -hmm. how many adults stop to say like, you know what? I know I still gotta gotta stuff to work on, but let me talk to the to to, to the young young boy right here, young homegirl over here. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, hun, you can do this. Don't look at this. This is just not the possibility. Don't I don't you you don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be a ball right. player. There's right. There are things that are way more guaranteed. Right. I was always the opponent. Now, if my opponent didn't want to do something, oh, that's what exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm going to tear you apart. Oh, you get real slow on defense? I'm torching you for 30. You right. work. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. No, yeah. Oh, you like defense, but you don't like offense? I'm hacking you all day. Right, right, right. Take the opportunities that, that like, put yourself in position to be like, okay, how? But, again, <laughs> There is an ideology that is formed where we can't get to in the homes mm -hmm. and in the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. because, because from the oldest to now the ones coming up have been trained generations of generations, you read the difference between the privileged and, and the people that aren't privileged is mm -hmm. the generations of life education, not education. Mm, that's, that's good. That's real good. That's because real good. When you look at if Warren Warren Buffett had Warren Buffett had children, mm -hmm. and he educated his children on how to do things, and they live normal lives, mm -hmm. but he but they got education from one of the richest men in the world. They know him right. as dad. Yeah, we know him as Mr. Buffett. We know <sighs> we know that. And guess what? They're set. They're set with education. Wow. When you look at when you let's go let's go. Let's let's go a little bit. Let's go a little bit further now. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, when you look at the 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 way different financial institutions are, are set up, like, oh, what does your dad do? My dad does, you know, financial reporting for this. Mm -hmm. The conversations of like, okay, here, here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Hey, 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 do you know what a Roth IRA is? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, what do we do with a Roth IRA? Okay. When, do, when can we pull the money out after 59? Okay, cool. Well, how much money, how much interest does it get? Okay, it could get up to 8%. Okay. When you start a different type of conversation that I didn't hear until I got out of college. Yeah, it's true. My mom, my mama was the first one to teach me about stocks and how to set up a oh, portfolio. Wow. Shout out to Apostle McLeod. That's dope. That's really dope. Like, like my mom and pops were the ones that was like, hey, look, nope, set it Damn. up this way. You put these contributions. I'm like, contributions? What am I contributing to? And they're like, no, 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 no. Here's what it is. Damn. And then I took that, and then I, I ran with it. Right. To the point where my, my mom's is like, I'm like, mom, check, check out this stock that's coming up. There's a company that does X. That doesn't happen unless they go, John, do this, this, and this. This is what's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is how you make your money work for you. We were taught in 
Different. Here's the kicker. Here's the here's the real the transition now into your mm -hmm. final question. Here's the transition. People of color, mm -hmm. excuse me, in privileged communities, mm -hmm. were taught how to make money work for them. Right. Yeah. The, the not so privileged communities were taught how to make money. Right. Right. And there's a huge difference. Absolutely. And the, di and the difference in that is the amount of time committed. They will people in the in the communities know. Okay, if I want money, I need to go get a job. Right. In privileged communities, okay, I want money. I don't. I don't necessarily want to work. I'm going to come up with an idea that allows me to have somebody else do it for me and make money and give them percentage to get the most. And let me double. Let me duplicate that ten times. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. No, that's very true. Very, very true. That's a vast discrepancy in terms of what we learn and how and, and, and how they learn. And with them, it's learning. But with us, I mean, this is something, you know, my, my brother Mark would say, it's like, oh, you know, just uh, get a job, you know, work until 65, work until you retire, you know, make sure you get a good pension, you know, and it's, I mean, it's okay, because we do need workers in the economy that we're in, but we're mm -hmm. more so taught to be the employee, but they're teaching their children about wealth, generating wealth, and being, you know, on in boardrooms, head, head, head of companies, CEOs, executive branch positions. It's such a vast dichotomy in terms of like how that works in terms of the principles and as well as the ethics and, 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 and just even the schemas of how we're raised and what we're told to do. Right. That's, yep. that's very, very interesting. Oh man, this is excellent. Um, so we're going to transition into our final question, uh, uh, for the day. And, um, we have about 14 minutes left here, but if I do feel as if we need to extend time a little bit, if that's okay with you to kind of close right. out and wrap up in a positive way, we'll be sure to do so. So let me ask you this third uh, question, my brother, uh, this third and final question. Um, so sports. So here we go. So sports, as much as academics are paramount within the process of a child's development, therefore, how can school, right? How can school athletic personnel, as well as parents develops or create a plan of strategies to ensure their needs are ultimately met. So when we're talking about our student athletes, how can the school system, athletic per personnel within the school systems, and I'm talking across the board from middle school, high school, even college, right? Athletic directors, coaches, trainers, all the way down, as well as the parents develop or create a plan. So coming together to create and implement strategies to ensure their needs are ultimately met. And when I say ensure their needs, I'm talking about the children and the youth in college. So let, let me make sure I understand it. So you want to bridge the gap between the parents and the sports directors and do and to do to educate our, our athletes on what exactly? So, yeah, so very great question. I'm glad you asked for that clarification. So what I am insinuating here or what, what I'm uh, kind of trying to thread the needle on is in order to ensure that the athletes reach or obtain a high level of success on the court right or on the fields or in the boxing arena wherever it is that they are at how can we ensure that they're developing both physically right um, um academically and being disciplined by the school and as well as the athletic personnel with the parents alongside for the ride to hold the child accountable for their sports productivity and as well as their education productivity as well to, man, to just basically, I'm asking, yep. yeah, just, just, just basically, I'm asking, how can we maintain that they're getting the best of both worlds and getting that balance? Communication. That's that's exactly where it comes down to. There has to be communication. There has to be a cons consistency, accountability, and discipline. Communication, mm -hmm. consistency, accountability, and discipline. The combination of those four can make you 
make somebody incredibly unstoppable. And when you mm. when you when you put people in your corner from both sides at home and when you're getting it at home and you're getting it when you go to school, the two places when when you're going through, uh, you know, grade one, grade, grade one through 12 and into college. When, and that is consistent. You you have somebody that is incredibly equipped, incredibly powerful and well-rounded. Right. When and here's and here's if you want, let's get even more specific. The way mm -hmm. the way they do it is weekly meetings on the progress, weekly to monthly meetings on the progress of that athlete, that student athlete. Mm. So that means the, the professors, the the coaches, the athletic director, and the parents come together to talk about the month progress of that athlete. Mm -hmm. Without them in the without them in the room. You have one meeting there, and then you have one with the athlete. And the counselor has to be there as well. You know why? Because you get different levels of what that athlete is dealing with. Education, the professors are there. Mm -hmm. Athletics, the coach and the athletic director is there. What's happening mm -hmm. at home? The parents are there. The counselor, mm -hmm. what's happening up here? Is he or right. she overwhelmed? How is their mental right. health? Do we see a Absolutely. decline in behavior? It's when it, when a it takes a village to raise the child, right? When a community right. comes together around a child and they create a system to benefit that child, it transforms everything. Mm -hmm. So now you put the people, the, you put the decision makers in a room on a consistent basis. Remember, consistency, communication, consistency, accountability, and discipline. Mm, that's great. And you put that together around this child, and this child will believe they can do absolutely anything in their power because they have a support system. Right. One of the problems in, in communities, in, 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 in the POC communities, is that there is the support system is incredibly weak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When yep. in privileged communities, the support system is incredibly strong. Right. Because dad or mom knows somebody and then can combine. Right. Why would why would God create why would God create a family structure if he didn't want variety around somebody? We why, why would why would it be created if we weren't supposed to come together and met? When I, when I when you start to see the way system member, let's go back to it again. If you want a child to succeed, a child effective strategy, one effective strategy is effective communication, consistency, mm -hmm. accountability and discipline. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'll go back again. I said, bring the teachers in, the, the teachers and the parents and the coaches come together with the counselors and the coach and the athletic director. And when that is all over, what happens? You have a well-rounded athlete. And if the athlete comes to the point and says, look, I no longer want to do this sport, you still stick with him or her right. and say, hey, okay, what is it you want to do? There is, I don't know, it's not a choice. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you have a team now. We're going to work together to say, like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I want to do this. I'd like to be an artist. I'd like to be a musician. I'd like to be, a, a, you know, a, a, an investor and a business owner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who now, these, remember those four, those, the, that group of people, yeah. who, do, who do each of you know that connect, can, that we can bring to this child to help develop right. them? Right. That's how a community grows effectively. And that's how you kill 
a lack of education without right. school, schooling or no schooling. That's how you kill a lack of education in the community. Because I love how, it. so how can, how can a community, how can a child not thrive in an environment with everybody around them is working their butt off to con communicate, to connect together, to hold them accountable, hold, make them consistent and, and, and allow them to, to communicate on, on levels like what like how can I, and, and, and then the discipline no, because, right, you know, right. because then what happens that child because of that then goes off into life and is branded in their head we do things in our subconscious let's go sci scientific for a little bit we, sci scientifically science says that our subconscious allows us to do things where we don't even know we're doing one of the things we mm -hmm. do naturally is breathe there's systems that God created systems within our body that allows our bodies to function. Regardless, mm -hmm. there are mm -hmm. things happening in the background that we don't necessarily control, but they're happening to us. There's things that mm -hmm. we do and say, our mannerisms, the way we act and move is based on a repetition of things that happen in our subconscious. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you are good at something, chances are you believed it because you saw yourself being good at it and had success several times before you believed you were good at it. Right. It's true. So if we take it's the same true. if we take the same scientific ideology and apply it to a system that can benefit our children, then we take it and we transform not not just a child, we transform a whole community because that same child now will grow up to be an adult and he subs out of the middle position and transitions over into a position to do it for another child. Without that same child now becomes a teacher. He'll become an athletic director. He'll become a parent at some point. And then, and then the cycle continues. Right. But we need to create the community that will allow, that will allow us to do that. Without and a doubt. That, and, that, and, that is, that is one of, and that is one of the problems. So that's how Absolutely. I believe we do that. I love it, my brother. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, then again, you know, as I said before, I wanted to be very respectful of your time. And I see we're uh, five minutes from approaching the hour mark. Uh, so with that being said, I kind of wanted to do a quick word to the wise uh, on this topic. Um, and I want you to repeat those four words that you said before, those four uh, terms. For me, my word to the wise today in regards to, you know, uh, you know, the leagues in general, uh, you know, you know, looking at it as a lottery and seeing your way possibly getting out. In addition to that, you know, maybe bust and maybe not even making it is to um, planning. That's my word, planning. Have additional plans, have additional ideas in place just because you never know, right? You never know. And when you plan, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And by the time you reach 18, 19, I've seen people go from 18, 19 and even hell and, 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 and my age at 30. And, you know, I used to, you know, go to school with dudes and dudes come ball. Like they were, they were crazy with it. Hops was crazy. First step, crazy. Just pure raw dog athletes. They could shoot, pass, all different types of caliber stuff. Had the height to 6'3", 6'5", 6'6". And now at 30 years old, they don't even know who they are. They're, they're still mentally 16, 17 um, cognitively because they, they never got past that, that rank or that mark of who they were going to be in terms of life after basketball if that ever came. And now it's here and they don't know who they are, right? Um, I'm glad I got my reality check early. And I didn't make varsity by my sophomore year. I was like, oh, it's over. I'm 15. Time to move on. So planning, that's my word. Um, and could you repeat those four words again, my brother? Those four, uh, accountability and, and what else were they? Absolutely. It's communication, consistency, uh, accountability, and discipline. 
those those four words can transform a person's life. Communicating communicating effectively would allow you to get your what you mean to people, what you need done, or what you need help with, what you mean to say out effectively. Consistency. Do it on a consistent basis, regularly. Doing regimens of the things that you want to do. Uh, um, uh, uh, Accountability. Holding right. yourself accountable and holding the, having the people that you love hold you accountable. And finally, right. discipline. Being disciplined enough to be consistent on it and be focused and continue to grow in whatever it is, life-changing. I love it. My brother, we have three minutes left. If you could quickly give your, um, your social medias and where people can find you online. And I know you also have a podcast, too. So if you could just drop all that or whatever you'd like to share right now, I'd greatly appreciate it. Yo, my bro, I is Mr. Outwork You on Instagram. Um, John McLeod on Twitter, uh, John, John McLeod ESPN on, on Twitter. The podcast is uh, the ESPN Prod Pod. Um, you know, check me out on Spotify, Apple, um, you know, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcast, it is there. Um, TikTok, Mr. Outwork You. Um, Facebook, John McLeod. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to connect with everyone. Absolutely. He's killing it on there, y'all. And I'm going to add the link when this episode goes into audio format in a couple of months. I'll add the link to his podcast um, within the description of the episode. So with that being said, the Wise Guys, everyone, the Wise Guys podcast in this final season can be found on every streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, YouTube even. Uh, This video will be on YouTube. It it will also be found on IGTV. In addition to that, you can find us uh, again on iHeart, you know, any streaming service in which you get your podcast. All right. And please be sure to like, comment, share, uh, and send this out to a friend when this episode does air in audio format in a couple of months or so, because the fall is coming. So whenever this episode drops, I'm sure this one will be a doozy for sure. So as I said, at the beginning of the show, this is the man, Kevin Unglad, and we have been joined on this platform by a good friend of ours, a Wise Guy alumni at this point, and our very special guest, John McLeod. And you've been tuning in to the Wise Guys podcast, all right? We'll see you all next week. And if my brother Mark was here, you know what he would already say. Stay wise. My brother, just in time, with a minute to spare. Man, I love you. I appreciate you. You're the best. Thank you for coming on and hopping back on the platform for the final time, man. No, always got your back, bro. Always got your back, homie. Anytime you show up, if I could do it, I could do it. I appreciate it. Shout out to Q. Shout out to your your boy Q, man. We appreciate you for chiming in and and just being around. Big fact. Big fact. I saw a couple of people. Shout out to, you know, my wife is in the chat. I see you, darling. Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up? I see you. I see you. What's up, Chi-Chi? I see you, too. My boy Spencer. My boy BC. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Well, with that being said, my brother, I appreciate you. You see that Brooklyn College, uh, you know, little uh, logo on the background. Yay. BC all day. Yes, sir. Always, always. My brother, I'm going to text you in a second. I appreciate you, but have a good night. All right. God bless. Love, man. Thank you. Later, man. All right, bro. Take care.